This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Are you an animal lover, at least? Do you believe we have a responsibility to prevent cruelty to animals? Well, that whole system is in the midst of upheaval, and this time it's not because of the government. After a 100 years of enforcing animal welfare law, the Ontario Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals is handing the reins over to the province. As of the end of next month, the organization will no longer investigate animal cruelty complaints. Now, the reason is that that role was deemed unconstitutional by the Superior Court of Justice. The Ford government has said it will appeal the ruling, but where does this leave things? And what do you think about this being in a kind of limbo? Numbers to call 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now we are going to the OSPCA General Counsel, Brian Schiller and Barbara Cartwright, the CEO of Humane Canada. Thank you both for joining us. Hi, good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Okay, let's start with Brian. Was this ruling a surprise to you? Uh, You know, before the ruling came out, I wasn't expecting that the court would rule in this way. But uh, when you analyze and get down into the details of it, the ruling does make some good sense where, you know, effectively the court is saying, if you're going to have a policing function, effectively you should be a government agency with oversight. So, um, you know, that ruling is under appeal. I won't comment on uh, whether that appeal should succeed or fail, but um, there is some sound reasoning by the judge. Okay, and the OSPCA is the only charity in Ontario that is tasked with law enforcement. Well, that's uh, not entirely accurate. It's okay. mostly there are humane societies throughout the province that are affiliates of the OSPCA that have enforcement powers. And and you've had this since 1919. That's correct. Okay, uh, and just uh, for for my information and our listeners, who pays for the enforcement? Is this through charitable donations? Is does the government pay part of it? Up until two thousand and twelve, uh, enforcement was paid entirely through donation dollars. In two thousand and twelve, the government uh, started providing some support towards the payment of enforcement services to the tune of approximately five and a half million dollars a year. Okay. Uh, Barbara Cartwright, uh, CEO of Humane Canada, what's your take on all of this? Well, we certainly support the court decision around increasing transparency and accountability in enforcement services. We see different um, regimes and structures across Canada. So Humane Societies and SPCAs have been enforcing the law for almost 150 years across the country um, and it depends on which province you're in as to how those powers are constituted and other jurisdictions do have for the, or allow for the transparency and accountability. So, of course, we support that in Ontario. 
what do you mean by that? What what would be allowing for transparency? Is it done by a humane society, or is there some kind of government oversight? Exactly. It's government oversight, um, whether it's being able to appeal directly to a uh, government authority in order, if you have a concern about, say, a confiscation of your animal, uh, having the ability to get access to information with regards to enforcement authority. And so it depends where you are, but there is different ways to handle that, and we certainly think it should be constituted into Ontario. Can I get an idea of how big the problem is? How many cases of animal cruelty would be prosecuted here in Ontario or across the country in a year, say, or whatever info you have? I think Brian would probably have the best numbers for OSPCA cruelty investigations. Brian? Yeah, so the number of cases that are prosecuted versus the the numbers that are investigated, there's a dramatic difference in those numbers. So the number of cases that are prosecuted annually in the province of Ontario are in the few hundreds. Right. um, And the convictions are quite uh, low and the sentences are quite low. Um, The the, the problem doesn't lie in particular with with charges being laid, but it's the the day-to-day investigations that involve primarily dealing with domestic animals, dogs and cats, and complaints related to varying issues from dehydrated animals to uh, animals that appear uh, to be too thin. And so it's, it's entirely complaint-driven. And so that's the day-to-day work that um, enforcement officers deal with. And so how many, do you have a figure on how many you investigate? Uh, we investigate, I believe, in the last year, it was somewhere in the vicinity of 2,000 complaints in the province of Ontario. And how many people do you have doing that? Uh, there are, uh, well, up until recently, there were approximately 60 officers. Okay. Uh, now, the province has came out with a statement saying um, they're committed to animal welfare, uh, you know, what does that add up to, Barbara Cartwright? Uh, I think the announcement on Friday was excellent because the government did step forward and indicate that they recognize the importance of improving the animal welfare system in Ontario, something that many folks have been calling for for quite some time. They also recognized how important it is to get good feedback, and so there's a number of different survey tools going on out there. I think it was wise of the government to um, put out their own uh, desire to get feedback from Ontarians so that they can determine the best way forward. And then we were very pleased that it recognized that the OSPCA is one organization that has decided to step back from enforcing, and that's well within their, their rights to do that but that there are many independent humane societies, as Brian was just speaking about. They're also known as affiliates, but they're independent organizations that have been enforcing the law, working with the OSPCA for 100 years as well. And they're happy to continue to support the government through this transition time by continuing to provide services because they have trained staff. And for us, that's important because we don't want to see any animals falling through the cracks during this transition from the current enforcement system to a new enforcement system. If you were listening to the show before we did this segment, it was on uh, a recent poll about the Ford cuts, but we've seen 
cuts from this government to a lot of things, Toronto Public Health, for example, that some people are saying will be will result in actually in in people dying. I mean, do you do you have any worries that in this current climate of budget cutting uh, that this might be something that the province doesn't want to support financially, Brian Schiller? So it has always been a problem. It is not just this government. It has always been a problem that uh, Ontario governments have not properly funded animal protection services in this province. Even the amount of money that was being provided for the last seven years, that five and a half million dollars, only permitted the OSPCA and its affiliates to um, enforce in approximately one third of the province. So policing services were picking up the slack in that regard. Um, you know, I would call on the government to consider its position and uh, provide a, a much more generous amount of money towards animal protection in this province. The animals deserve it. The uh, animal lovers deserve it. And it's time for this uh, a sea change in how we approach the protection of animals in this province. And how much money do you raise through donation? Like, what's your well, budget? So so the amount of money that's raised through donations is used for services other than enforcement. So understand that the OSPCA's work involves approximately 80% of services that are not geared towards enforcement, uh, including things like humane education, spay-neuter programs, transfer programs, rescue and relief, fostering, sheltering. So the vast majority of the work we do has nothing to do with enforcement. Barbara Cartwright, are you hopeful that this whole issue of enforcement is now going to be funded provincially? It it absolutely has to be. I fully agree with uh, Brian and and his call upon the government. They need to create an adequate funding package for animal protection in Ontario. And there's several aspects to that, uh, including ensuring province-wide enforcement providing the specialized training, especially depending on the system that they uh, move forward with, there may be uh, different enforcement agents that have not enforced animal cruelty before. So they have to ensure that there's uh, annual and specialized training and that everyone has minimum protective equipment standards so that they are sure that they're being safe. They need access to facilities for housing and care of removed animals, which in the past would have gone into uh, an OSPCA or an affiliated organization. They need to have really a strong integrated approach with prosecution, which has been challenged, I would say, in Ontario in particular. There's other provinces where there's greater cooperation between enforcement and prosecution, uh, and they they need access to specialized resources. Um, So there's a great number of areas that need adequate funding or the system will simply not work. And do you have a handle on what would constitute adequate funding? I do not have an answer for you on how much the government will need to put together in order to ensure that it is uh, properly funded. Brian, do you have a number in your head? Well, it's difficult. I have heard numbers over the, the, I've been doing this work for the better part of a decade now and have been involved in addressing issues related to what funding should be. And it really depends on the model. So at the OSPCA, our belief is that it, that the service should be through, through a government agency, whether it is specialized, uh, police constables and that 
system is in various provinces uh, in the country, or whether the service is downloaded entirely to police services. What should happen is humane societies, the OSPCA and, and other humane societies in the province, should provide support to the enforcement services. So where Barbara's talking about needing specialized training, there certainly will require levels of training for those uh, police officers. Uh, I'm I'm going to, sorry, interrupt you because we're out of time. So I was just uh, curious before we go, do you have a a number in your head about how much the province you think should provide for this? Yeah, it's it's difficult to put a number on it. Um, You know, policing services have... uh, you know, in the tune of a billion dollars. So uh, it should be a lot more than they provide now. Okay. That's all the time we have. And I guess we will have to see how this problem sorts itself out. Thank you so much to Brian Schiller and Barbara Cartwright. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.